I don't really have a theme for this week. It's just clips that I found interesting but really couldn't slot anywhere just because they're so unique. This is a meditation on the importance of feedback, feedback loops, as well as how internal feedback can sometimes clog up too much. So you want a lot of external feedback. You want some minimal level of internal feedback. A surprising number of inventions and discoveries come from from these tinkers. Uh, Nassim Tlaib has talked about this a lot. I don't want to run through the whole whole list here, Um, but there's an excerpt from Skin in the Game, a highlight that I'll read you, uh, which I think is his, I think it's his most recent book. Um, It's also probably the most concise version of some of the ideas. So if you're only going to read one, um, read read this one, but uh, here's the quote. The knowledge we get by tinkering via trial and error, experience, and the workings of time, in other words, contact with the earth, is vastly superior to that obtained through reasoning. Something self-serving institutions have been very busy hiding from us. End quote. And, you know, Tlaib has had a lot of respect for the tinker as well. There's a lot of, um, you know, he he lists, I think, near this quote, all the the, uh, discoveries and breakthroughs and inventions that have been created through uh through tinkers and play and you know in the garage not in the um you know not in the the theoretical so tinker around and uh then the question becomes how do you know if your your tinkering is successful and i think the answer to that in one word is feedback um so i've got a few highlights about uh feedback here that i will I'll run through and that'll be kind of the back half of our our little adventure today. Um, I think feedback is a really interesting topic. I think it kind of emerged naturally to me out of the the metagame that we have been talking about and I hope they tie together nicely. So one of my very favorite books is called The Systems Bible uh, and this next excerpt is is from that uh, by John Gall and it starts with this axiom, quote, a system that ignores feedback has already begun the process of terminal instability. It is a general cybernetic law. It cannot be repealed by those who dislike its implications. A system that ignores feedback will eventually be shaken to pieces by repeated violent contact with the environment it is trying to ignore. True, responding adequately to feedback, particularly to undesired feedback that makes unexpected demands upon the existing system, is a difficult and taxing assignment. It demands initiative. Refusing to pay attention to feedback, refusing to respond to it, is thus seen as a special form of passivity, an attempt to make the environment do the adjusting. To try to force the environment to adjust to the system rather than vice versa is truly to get the cart before the horse. End quote. I love this section so so much and it's such a tough it's such a tough prescription um but it it forces the kind of internal locus of control it forces you to acknowledge that you know the system that you may or may not be in control of but are certainly hoping to probably direct in some particular uh direction um you know whether it's the company you're trying to grow or the career you're trying to build um has to acknowledge and respond to the feedback that it's getting and we're getting feedback constantly in all different forms. Um, but the idea that like refusing to pay attention to it is just an attempt to make the environment do the adjusting. Uh, I think we all are familiar with, with you know, people or companies or whatever who um, just kind of ignore the obvious signs. And, you know, we think of them as annoying um, or or dumb or stubborn, but like, 
that's they're trying to force the environment to to adjust uh, to them. And <laughs> the idea that comes to mind is Comcast. Um, do they know that we hate fucking waiting on hold for an hour when we call them? Yes. Um, do we give them that feedback? I'm sure we do. But they are refusing to respond to it and passively attempting to make us do the adjustment to just shut up and take it and deal with whatever bullshit they want to hand us. Um, and so far they are. But the feedback that we're trying to give them is that this is not an acceptable uh, equilibrium of service and that eventually uh, when presented with an option, um, we will take that option. And as the quote says, uh, the system will be shaken to pieces by repeated violent contract with the environment it's trying to ignore. Um, you know, those, those don't go away while they're being ignored. That feedback just builds up. Uh, this, this chapter kind of also talks about the fear of feedback and how when a system, uh, hears or gets sources of feedback um, that disagree with its its goals, it becomes protective and that feedback is regarded as as hostile or dangerous to the system. And I think we we also all know people that we come into contact with or teams or organizations who have this condition who regard any, you know, negative thought or or uh, criticism or something as as hostile, as dangerous. Um, and that, you know, they're trying to make the environment adjust to them rather than, than adjusting to the environment. Um, and, you know, you're, you're playing the metagame, you're looking for those, you're looking for that feedback. Um, and it's important to stay attuned to it and not treat feedback as hostile. Uh, when I started diving down the feedback rabbit hole, I... Uh, a lot of highlights came up from this book called User Friendly by Cliff Quang. Um, and it's called How the Hidden Rules of Design Are Changing the Way We Live, Work, and Play. And it really um, brilliant book about, is really about design as a discipline um, and how design affects behavior. It, it actually, you know, there's a, there's a passage from the book that talks about behavior is the medium of a designer. You know, they, that's what they actually need to study and how critical feedback is to that loop. So um, I think the the most interesting um, highlight here is maybe is the following. New technology improves the kind of feedback we can get and how fast, allowing us to be more efficient and to act on new types of information. When you think about futuristic new technologies, you're often thinking about feedback that doesn't exist yet, end quote. So in playing with that idea, um, I think that's true more, maybe more often than not. Um, you know, if you think about, you know, Uber just had this new feedback loop where it shows you where the cars are on the map and Twitter created a new feedback loop by letting me get likes on the bullshit that I talk about on the internet. And Netflix can see, you know, get feedback exactly when people stop watching shows or how they um, select shows based on different types of cover art that they show them. Um, so I, I think, you know, when you're, when you're feeling lost or uninformed or uncertain, um, you know, look look for feedback. Look for new ways to gather it. Look for um, new ways to to give you know a user maybe more information than than they had before, and try to continue uh, you know let the close that feedback loop. Either give or get more information, and and see that kind of um, improvement accelerate. So I think the next question maybe is is you know is more feedback always good. Um, what, what is and 
doesn't count as feedback. Um, and I've got another another passage here for for you from the Systems Bible that um, actually also really echoed uh, one of Jeff Bezos's um, kind of huge points in how he structured Amazon, which I think is really interesting. Here's the, here's the passage. In a smoothly functioning system, the number of formal messages is near minimum. The tasks get done and the system moves on to new tasks. In contrast, a poorly functioning system begins to generate increasing numbers of messages, often shaped around such questions as, what went wrong? How far along is task X? And especially, why don't we have better feedback? As the system sinks deeper and deeper into the morass of unfinished tasks, the business of exchanging messages expands exponentially until at last the non-functioning system is extremely occupied with its own internal communication process. Like a catatonic schizophrenic, it is now preoccupied with a fantasy life that is completely internal. End quote. I, I don't know if uh, you guys have worked for a company that <laughs> ended up in this place, um, but I bet that you could be you could be extremely accurate in your predictions of a company's uh, outcome by charting the percentage of communications with external parties like customers and vendors um, related to the percent of inquiry or percentage of communication directed to internal parties like coworkers or other departments or, you know, supply chain. (laughs) Um, And the the thing that Jeff Bezos had done, I think, was, you know, people kept asking him for better communication, more reporting. And he's like, no, like no internal communication, no reporting. I want everyone to design their products such that no communication is required. And when he started treating um, divisions of Amazon as saying, like, you are responsible for being cu- each other's customers, um, breaking them out as independent uh, sort of business lines and um, organizations that had to all serve each other um, that changed things. You know, you, an API is to be your only communication with that entire department really frames the problem of it's not about, you know, it, it is about ultimate efficiency and feedback, not just more feedback. Um, it's not about more communication. It is about just the minimum amount of communication, which which this passage from, from the uh, Systems Bible kind of uh, helped me understand better. I actually tried to find that Jeff Bezos quote somewhere online because the phrase catatonic schizophrenic was so memorable, but I couldn't really find it. So if anyone has found that Jeff Bezos quote, let me know.